I worked with MVPs in back-to-back years. That's pretty wild. Like yeah. to be like this kid from New Hampshire and back-to-back years I worked with MVPs. It's like, what? How does that happen? I always try to seek out better and I always try to self-improve and grow and I've made a lot of mistakes and I've done a lot of really good things and you know the truth is somewhere in the middle the things that you do that are outside of the norm that's where the value is that's where greatness comes from like you have to do different stuff you have to push boundaries beyond reason you have to do things that are not normal to find new stuff and to achieve things Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Yakertech. Yakertech is the gold standard for measuring spin rate, velocity, trajectory, and most important, spin axis of a pitched ball. No other system captures such clarity on a moving ball. Learn more about their system at yakertech.com. On this episode, we sit down for our last part of our three-piece segment with Bobby Tewksbury, founder of Tewksbury Hitting and co-founder of AB Athletic Development. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad, here's Bobby Tewksbury. Welcome back to the Farm System. We're sitting down with Bobby Tewksbury. Founder of Tewksbury Hitting and co-founder of AB Athletic Development. Bobby, how are you sitting here throwing jabs? Big shot, Bob. You can't even <laughs> give us a, you can't even give us a follow on Twitter. <laughs> wow, it's not useful information for him, Bob. <laughs> I listen. Even... I listen. Listen. I, I listen. I follow. I gotta follow Joey. Yeah, you did. You do uh, follow me. I went and checked why you were talking because I was going to give you a hard yeah. time and razz you, but I didn't check from the farm system account. Yeah, that's yeah. what so, I was looking at right now. Yeah, I was. I was going to razz you because when right. you said that, I was like, I'm not calling. <laughs> He's trying to type it out on his phone. <laughs> He's like, shoot, I'm going right now. How do you spell system I, again? <laughs> is it one word? I'm, I'm checking sports? to see it. I'm trying to see if it's good. All I know is you sent me and 50 other people a link in a message the other day. I. True. Listen, I, I promise you, I did. I did not read that message. That was way too long. Yeah, no, wow. I did. I did. I did send a message to you guys. Um, it's fifty so, people. It hey, was me I, and fifty other people. That doesn't make me feel special. That didn't make me feel important. Sorry, I could have copy and pasted it and sent it to everybody, but I wanted <laughs> this was. I wanted authentically everybody to know that I wasn't copying pasting and that I was sending it to a group saying, "Look, fellas, I love and appreciate you guys. Look, I'm trying to push the game forward. If you guys could help." You know, more of that side. Yeah. I, I, I did. I did attempt. I don't think I you retweeted cl- I, it either. So no, I did. I didn't retweet it. I, I clicked through and I didn't. To be honest, I didn't really understand what you're doing. <laughs> we are uh, again different um, farm system. Are you plugging us right there, Bobby? Should I yeah. go off on that real quick? Yeah, yeah. I just front, I just front doored you. Uh, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So what we did is uh, we built a resource that is for. Uh, we went to all the coaches that we have interviewed at in some point, and coaches that have reached out to us, and uh, they provided us with. Um, how they were, again, what are they doing at practices every single day? What, you know, resources in the like player development, what sheets are they using? You know, stuff from 108, we posted a whole bunch of stuff from, you know, us as well. Um, just went out to all these coaches and got all these resources and try to pull them into one uh, spot. It's definitely not done. We got discount coaches, uh, codes for coaches. We know that obviously from that side, what are you selling? You're selling, you're selling all these resources. No, it's, uh, it's free. It's free. We were going to charge, but we, we were going to charge. And then we decided, what, what'd you yeah. say? It's so good. You just got to give it away free. Yeah. Well, what, what do you need a discount code for then? No, no we, we have, no, we have partnered with companies. So we have, um, oh, like gotcha, Rap Soto, gotcha. Silverback Sports, you know, product gotcha, companies. Gotcha. And then yeah. we provide our listeners with the discount code. So, got you it. know, again, we know that, you know, obviously coaches, you know, budgets and all that stuff, like, you know, we're already not making, we don't get into it for the money. So there's a lot of coaches that don't have the money to do these things. So we just started thinking about, 
again, what are things that we could do for coaches? How could we provide that? You know, I knew when I was coaching, if I could look at, you know, what uh, BYU is doing, or if I knew what Arkansas was doing in the weight room, or if I knew, you know, those things would help and they would help, I think, um, push the game forward. So uh, we did what we could. We had a com- couple different conversations. Again, we were going to cheat uh, in the very beginning. We were going to charge for it. Um, something really cheap, like four ninety nine or something like that, like um, dirt cheap. And then we just re- realized it's just like, you know what, why don't we just give it away for free and just make it as a resource. And uh, yeah, so it's done good. We got in, uh, over uh, 200, I think like 220 people or something like that so far already in just the last couple of days. So it's done okay. Very good. I'm checking out your ratio right now. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I work on that. I go ten to one. I like a a ten to one ratio. Listen, I don't know if the farm system didn't throw BP um, and and for a home run derby, so we're we're building, but uh, we don't have that. We don't have the same ratio numbers. Apologize. Yeah, I mean you're not that far behind, but you got way you got way too many followers. No, you got no. You have more followers than following. Following. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm gonna have to go through and unfollow everybody now, Bobby. You're making <laughs> Bobby, me cry. Wait, wait, Bobby, way to go! Now we have to go and follow everybody. Don't make us feel bad about us, all right? No, I mean, well, what's the? I mean, I I don't have. I only follow like a thousand people. And what's it? What's the seven thousand follower Twitter feed like? That's got to be just mayhem. Um, we don't really look at. I mean, obviously, from that point when guys tweeted us, you know, we tweet those. I mean, but also it's like our business account. You yeah. Know, so it's not so much like something that we look at for uh, like scrolling through the feed, um, but more something again, I, I also, there's appreciation for that. Like we get all the time if someone like follows us and we follow them back. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, I don't know. I think in that, in that same sense, like they're like, man, I listened to you guys for a long time. Like, thank you for following us. Like we get those as well. So Plus, um, I think it helps with engagement. Yeah. Like if we, you know, if you, somebody follows and you follow them back, I think they feel more appreciated. I'm not. I'm not throwing jabs to anybody out there on through the airwaves, but um, yeah, it's it's it, it's helped us with our engagement rates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, I mean, what's so? What's the goal with the podcast? Um, I honestly, I think Bo, you should open that up because Bo's the one that approached me with it. So, um, yeah, Bo, why don't you kind of open what that was? I mean, like Joey said, we're kind of just taking it, you know, bite by bite, step by step. Honestly, I don't think either of us saw it growing to where it is now at least this quick um we've only been going for probably about a year now joey isn't it yeah this about month a year. Well, about a year this month yeah so um you know I don't, i'm not sure exactly where we want to go um keep on building the resources for coaches and uh, providing um you know kind of like a compilation where they can come and then um you know may, maybe one day down the road do like a you know type of convention or showcase but as of right now we're kind of just going day by day and trying to um, gain a little bit of an influence and mm-hmm. kind of see what happens he uh mm-hmm. yeah he he originally uh, Bo really originally approached me um in college we had this uh we loved giving each other hard times we always got into like these deep conversations like our our teammates would always be around Bo and i because we'd argue about anything we'd actually get on the bus and be like all right i'm ready to argue what do you want to argue about and then we would pick the whole opposite side. I don't care if I agreed with them or not. I'd argue for like 20 minutes and be like, hey, I agreed with you 20 minutes ago. I just wanted to continue the argument. Mm-hmm. So we, we, um, he came to me and was just like, hey, you know, I think we should start a podcast. And I think we should just talk baseball and just talk about, you know, things that, are, you know, current events and, you know, have people on. And, um, you know, at first I was just like a podcast. Like, I don't even know what that entailed, like what I had to do to like get that going. Like I had, I had no clue, but I was like, I agree. Like, I think, you know, it'd be fun, you know, and it agree in the very beginning, um, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't thinking I, I listened to the ABCA constantly. I listened to a lot of different podcasts and I was like, you know, it was weird to think about me having my own. Um, but yeah, I think uh, to that point, he kind of came to me. It's like, then we started really built up even more of a passion. It's, I think it's grown with time. It just, how we can give back. I think the game has given me far more than I'll, I'm in debt. Um, so I, I don't think I'll ever be able to give back um, what it's given me, especially too with um, I'll give God a plug right here, my relationship with God. So um, I think in that way, um, I think it's really grown me. It's given much, the more I give it, it gives back to me tenfold. And so I think I'll constantly be in debt, but we're just constantly trying to find ways to help coaches and, um, 
bring value to people and, you know, um, grow ourselves as we grow with our audience. And, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been about a year. That's good. Yeah. You I mean, I think you'll find with anything, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. It's yeah. that's, that's definitely like a tenant of life. That's the, that's a thing that yeah. if you, if you invest in something like that, it's gotta be genuine though. I'm, I'm on a real big, like, authenticity type kick i, I joked I, I did a little quick jab at gary v earlier that wasn't <laughs> I, a lot of people jump on gary v stuff and get all hyped up but they don't live it it's just words yeah but gary v's got some, i mean he's got a lot of good messages and um he talks about self-awareness and it's a weird one because you have to one of the one of the best things that happened to me over the last year is a kid that we used to train started working here and my progression of, you know, having a small facility being an absolute nobody in this, in the, in the industry and kind of growing up in the industry, getting traction, like being on the stage of the home run derby. Um, you know, my, my dream was to work with major league clients. Like I wanted to work with the best of the best. That was my goal. You know, that was the dream of mine. And, you know, I got there and then the stuff that happened to Chris, I got, like I said earlier, I got so disheartened. Mm. Um, but when this kid started working here and I got to be around him more, I remembered what it was like when we started the business and the energy that I put into kids and the culture that was built and, you know, just building relationships with people. I, I went from being really low and hating baseball for a stretch to kind of rediscovering, um, you know, wanting to be invested in people on an individual basis. Cause one of the things that happened with the Derby was like, I had a ton of people coming at me. Like I, I tell people, I tell people this is, it's not an exaggeration. I turned my phone on that night. I had 700 emails saying, I need to work with you. <laughs> and it was like, well, it was like, cool. Like, Oh, great. People want to work with me, hmm. but like they wanted to work with me, not because of the, because of like where I had been. It was like a status thing. Like, people want to say they worked with me for like, they would tell college coaches. And it's like, that's not with, why I'm doing this. Or, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not why I'm doing this. And yeah. everybody wanted to learn a leg kick and a barrel tip. And I'm like, well, that might not work for you. So mm. like, the, and it, this isn't like a blanket statement. I met some really, really awesome people, but there were people that were coming to me for reasons that for me weren't good. Like, yeah. I wouldn't classify them as good clients. They were the, like, I want it to be right clients mm -hmm. and not, they weren't lifestyle clients. I, I like lifestyle guys. I want guys that live it, breathe it, eat it, drink like lifestyle guys. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it was a challenge and I, I feel like I've grown up a lot as a business person and just experiencing failure on like a supply and demand side of things where, you know, I didn't have a scalable offering. I didn't have a way to handle 700 people. It was mm -hmm. just impossible. I just couldn't do it. So, you know, experiencing like that rush of clients, not being able to handle it, dealing, to dealing with the stuff with Chris, not sure. Like you go from like working with anybody you can, like in the beginning, you do, you do what you got to do. You work with anybody that walks through the doors. You're like, yep. I'm in like, let's go. And then as you mature as a business, you're like, Oh, we're going to be more selective with who we take in. I know one oh eight's got a waiting list. Like mm. it's a good thing because then you have more control of for over your culture. Um, but I like to want to work with pro guys. And if you've worked, if you've ever done lessons, like there's kids that come in and you're aiming for the bat. Like, you know what that feels like if you've done <laughs> lessons, there's kids that, they shouldn't be doing lessons, but you got to pay your bills. And when you're starting out, you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. And like you try to work your way away from that. And that's not what you want. You know, it's not the ideal client. Um, just the progression of, you know, being, I mean, I worked with, I worked with 
MVPs in back-to-back years. Like that's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. Like to be like this kid from New Hampshire and back-to-back years I worked with MVPs. It's like, what, how does that happen? And then to have, you know, to have that become a a negative situation quickly um, and to just this kid that was working here, I remembered how much fun it was and how much, how important it was to build relationships and then, and to stay late, you know, to, to throw another round and just to really be present and be engaged in like the self-awareness part of it. And like to rediscover myself in that regard, it's been really, it's been really enjoyable and fulfilling. Um, so it's been, it's been fun. The, the last, this off season has been fun um, in different ways. And I've, again, I got other projects that I'm not going to talk about yet, but it's, yeah. it's, um, I'm, I'm more excited about the current projects than I was when I first started getting into the swing. It's like, hmm. it's being able to see things differently because of my experiences. And, yeah. um, you know, the people that I have around me now are different and, helping me grow in new ways and I'm experiencing new failures and new challenges. And it's just that progression. Like I, I I always try to seek out better and I always try to self-improve and grow and I've made a lot of mistakes and I've done a lot of really good things. And, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just like everybody, everybody, you know, social makes it seem like everybody's doing great, but not everybody's doing great. Yeah. Um, Do you, um, I had a question for you this on this too, because I feel like this is kind of sometimes I think about when I put myself like in your shoes and I would think about this is like, do you ever feel like, do you at one point or still in some point like, um, feel like devalued as like a human when people like more think of you as like Donaldson's guy rather than like Bobby, like, you know, rather than like all the other things that you are and like all of the things that you, I know that's like a deep question, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. Um, I, I think people, the major league players, you, if you've been around major league players, like they're special mm-hmm. They're They've got swagger that you'll never have. If you never play in the big leagues, I was joking mm-hmm. around with Chris, like when he got to double a and then triple a in the big leagues, like he got funnier, he got better looking. Like he, <laughs> he could, he could tell the same joke and he'd get a much better laugh. He, mm-hmm. You know, it's just people treat them different. And there, there's something about being on that stage. I, and I, I mean, I experienced it for one night, but the energy that you feel in front of that many people, it's, it's, it's wild, man. It's, it's like you, it's like your body absorbs the energy and, even like just throwing in the home run derby people like kids that used to come in all the time, they would like act different around me. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. Why are you acting differently around me? I just threw in the home run derby. They're like, Oh no, but you're on TV. I was like, so mm-hmm. like, let's get better. Like that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything, but it did, you know, to them it did. It's, it's being on that stage and it's, it's an element of like validation, but also like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Like, people people it's not everybody i'm not this is i swear this is not like an ego thing at all it was just really to to see it to be objective about it it was just weird um and it was so temporary for me you know you like fly in and fly out and then yeah you're it's everybody. attached then it's attached to your life forever yeah um for like just a weekend and i don't i don't feel devalued i don't i wouldn't say that at all mm-hmm. um you know the I, I want every hitter that I work with, I want them to become independent of me. And if, mm. if we develop a friendship and a relationship, then that's great. But some guys aren't interested in that. Some guys just want to learn and they want to hit a couple more homers and get paid a little bit more. Some yeah. guys, some guys are going to buy in and they're going to text you every night and they're going to ask you how your wife's doing. And they're going to, you know, they're going to approach it from a more human standpoint versus a business standpoint. Some guys are just straight business. Like I want to get paid yeah. and that, that doesn't really appeal to me either. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's like working on the, working with the pros is it's fun and it's, it's exciting. 
Um, I talked to uh, some people that signed up to be, you know, they're going to spring training right now as coaches, guys off Twitter. And like the idea of it is very exciting, but I think some of these guys are going to have some interesting experiences because, yeah, you know, it's a tough lifestyle. You're on the road, you're in hotels, you're on buses, you're writing reports. It's not glamorous. Yeah. It's great. It's grindy. And, and that's cool. And like some people are going to really, really thrive and some people are going to hate it. Yep. Some people are going to hate it and that's okay. You know, that's, that's part of their journey and, and where they're going to get to as a coach and whatever they want, you know, but it's, um, it'll be interesting The the whole, the flood of, of Twitter coaches, it'll be very interesting. Hmm. It'll be very interesting. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. I think that's really tough too, especially when these guys, like, um, you know, I think some people like the idea of things, but don't like the reality of them, you know, yeah. like, like they want the, you know, again, like a, even a professional athlete, like, oh man, it'd be so awesome to be a professional athlete and do these things. And obviously being a lot around a lot more professional athletes now, and just knowing that, you know, even the struggles that they go through with, again, like not being around and not being, you know, some of them really struggle with not being like the father that they want to be or not being, you know, the husband that they want to be, or, you know, obviously they're gone most of the time. And, um, you know, there's obviously temptations around them on a constant basis and things that these guys battle with. And then also being in the public eye, um, all the time. And there's, you know, you know, do you have guys even too, like, you know, a lot of guys will talk about even with like Alex Rodriguez. Now, obviously he went through, um, quite a bit of, of stuff and even, you know, now he's like always on guard. You know, like guys are talking about like they're trying to have like an authentic conversation with them. And it's like, that's not the guy you're going to get it out of just because he's always in self-protection mode, you know, yeah. and um, I get it. I mean, I get it for sure. yeah. yeah. You know, and I think I think that side, it's like the idea of being a professional athlete, like it sounds when you think of all the positives that happen with it, you're like, man, why wouldn't you want to do that? Um, but even to even from like small experiences of like I was talking about, like spiritually, when I've kind of gained all these things that I thought that I wanted to do, it's like when you act the reality kind of hits, it's just like, you know, again, uh, somebody asked me this question one time. It's just like, how much would somebody have to pay you for you to sell them your dream? And, you know, that really got me thinking on that same sense. It's just like kind of, that's what a lot of people do with, you know, jobs is they're selling, you're basically selling your dream, right? Like some people, their job is their dream and that's awesome. And, but there's a lot of people that are very discontent with like what they do um, and where they spend their time and, um, and you know, that comes to a lot of different areas, but a lot of times, you know, it's like they've, they're, they, someone gave them an opportunity earlier, they gave them money or they gave them, um, you know, something they had to do because of their, their, their situation, they had a kid or, you know, whatever, whatever happened and they had, a, they were forced to do certain things. Um, but it's just like, it's interesting just that that goes all the way up. Like those professional athletes are humans as well. They have things going on with them. They have families, they have, you know, thoughts, they have insecurities, they have, you know, all those things. And now it's just all on a bigger stage, um, which especially when these athletes are coming up younger and younger, um, I don't always, you know, envy being some of these guys' ages and, you know, being in that public spotlight, you know, at such a young time, um, especially when you're used to being praised all the way up until that point and everything you do is, is praised. And then all of a sudden you get into a spotlight where, uh, you know, that could all go sideways, like really quick, especially when things happen. Like you mentioned, like even to someone like, you know, Chris or something like that, it's just like, you could be just because you're on that stage, everything's gets escalated and you could do nothing wrong. And it's just how things are swung. Um, so I think that's a tough thing to deal with and not always um, what it's made out to be in that realm, you know, mm-hmm. trying to become great requires a lot of sacrifice and that's when when i see kids post stuff on social about you know oh so blessed to have this opportunity blah 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 it's so transparent to me that they don't get it so many of them just don't get it they don't realize that their journey is so new and they're they're about to be the worst player on the team they're, (laughs) they're more worried about themselves and they don't know, like for most of these kids, it comes easy because you just have to be a decent athlete mm-hmm. and they don't know what failure is yet. They don't appreciate the opportunity. They don't, they don't get it yet. 
and you could tell them and they'll, you know, in a couple years, they'll come back to you and be like, Oh man, this is tough. This is hard. Like they'll experience failure and get humbled in certain ways that they just don't know. And you have to live it to know it. And it's just, it's trying to become great sucks a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. It sucks a lot of time. Like, yeah. I, I don't I, to, like when I say I, I've fallen asleep with a laptop on my lap or in my bed, pr like since 2008, probably like 98% of the time, <laughs> like just yeah. studying video working. Like when yeah. I go home, I work. When I come to work, I work when like it's a, it's constant. It's not yeah. like I, it's not checking in and checking out. I'm not, nobody's paying me to do the work that I do. You know, most, yeah. the majority of the work that I do, I don't get paid for. Mm -hmm. And that's where like major league organizations, if you're hiring people and paying them a salary to do a job, nobody's paying you to stay up late with a laptop on your lap. Like it's the, the things that you do that are outside of the norm. That's where the value is. That's where greatness comes from. Not to say that what I did is great, but like you have to do different stuff. You have to push boundaries beyond reason yeah like you have to do things that are not normal to find new stuff and to to achieve things like hitting daily was built after 10 p.m the whole website the whole everything most of the right the vast majority of the articles were written after 10 p.m mm -hmm. and like i i could have just not done it and gone to sleep i could have not written 500 articles and just slept but I didn't. So, you know, it's like, what are you trying to get out of it? That's what it all comes down to. Like, what do you want? Some people just want a job. Some people just want a job. Some people just want to get paid. They just want to, you know, they just want the scholarship. They want the offer. I, as a player, I wanted to see how far I could go. I just wanted to see how good I could be. And I got no tools. I'm not tall. I'm not strong. I couldn't throw. I had no power. I could play the game, but no tools, no professional tools. And that's fine. But I, I, that same approach to how I played and how I worked as a player shows up now. So when you, um, one, one thing I wanted you to touch on as well, cause it was something, um, that like I thought about after ABCA is when you were talking about creating something that doesn't like currently does not exist. And like mm -hmm. that state that you get into, um, mm -hmm. you know, I've heard writers talk about that as well as like, they feel like they're like possessed with a, an idea that can slip away at any second and it's gone and it's, and it's, it's right. gone and it'll never be there again. And they may, you know, go their whole life trying to search for what that was and they may never, ever get it again. And, um, I kind of wanted you to, cause that's always something that's very interesting to me. Um, how would you describe like that state when, you know, again, like this, those epiphany moments, or, you know, these moments where you feel like you're just possessed with a um, something like you have to get out or something you have to write down or, you know, how would you describe those moments? Yeah, there's um, there's a really cool article. I can I can send you the link to it if you want to post to it in the whenever this blog goes up on the website. But there's a, it's called um, manager mode versus maker mode or manager versus maker schedule. And like a manager schedule is like, you know, you got a meeting at nine then you got a, a phone call at nine 30 and then you got, you know, conference call at this time. And you just kind of, it's like appointments throughout the day and you're getting things done. You're checking things off your list. Um, that's, that's just manager mode. Maker mode is like open ended, no defined work. And you just get into a topic. I know, I know Bleaker does this cause he tells me about, Oh, he's when a, he stays, he's a, when he he's stays up till 3 a.m. Yeah, when he yeah. stays up to like stay up till 3 a.m., 4 a.m. writing stuff. So I'll what it feels in, like I walk into the it, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just say he he there's times I walk into the office and he'll have all the lights off. He'll be in on the ground, not sitting at a table, on the ground with his hood on with like headphones in or whatever and just like i walk in and i'm like dude this is how apple was made like <laughs> this is some crazy stuff but yeah he does those moments but anyways keep going yeah. what it feels like to me and it's like it takes me it takes me like probably 20 or 30 minutes to kind of get like into a zone 
and I have to do like I have to do like mindless stuff, like just scroll around on like social or I'll you know read articles on some stupid website. And when I do that, people think I'm just like wasting time, but I'm thinking about completely other things while I'm doing it. Like it's just busy work. It's just like an activity that's happening in the front so that my brain's getting like deeper and it feels like I'm getting into layers of my brain. I feel like I'm like, like digging almost like I'm penetrating deeper into like further layers of my brain. I'll go like four five, six, seven, eight layers deep where I'm connecting things. And usually I've got headphones in. Usually there's like a song on repeat. Like I tweeted out at one point, like there's a song called what the funk it's like not even a good song uh, if that if the artist is listening i'm sorry uh, it's i mean the song's fine it's just like a kind of a techno-ish kind of oliver heldens i'm looking at on spotify like i'm not even kidding i've listened to this song on repeat like when i sit down to do work this is i listen to that song on repeat i've been doing that since like November. Same song. I just put one song on and I just go. And I don't even hear the music. It's just there. It's like more like activity to keep me distracted so I can stay locked in. And I mean, I'll go for hours. I'll go. I won't get up. I won't eat. I won't. Uh, I'll probably drink coffee, but I'm like, just de- I just dig into my brain and it's like it's like my happy place it's where um like i feel alive when i'm in there but it's so internal it's and if somebody like taps me on the shoulder i get sucked out it's like uh (laughs) and it's like i i have to come back to the present it's like you go so deep into your head and you're in a different place like i'm present sounds like this sounds like inception (laughs) yeah it's that's that's what it feels like it's what it feels like it's like you're not even you're not even in the room and there's so much happening inside your brain and inside your mind that's not even pre- it's not it's not communicated it's just it's all internal and yeah when i get in that mode good things happen it's hard to get it's hard to find time but usually it's late at night usually like when after people go to bed and like i'm i'm still at the eyes 2204am on the east coast and like I'll be here in the office by myself, lights off. I have I don't even put the normal lights on. I have like a lamp, so it's soft lighting, and I just get in here and just get deep into stuff. Um, and I used to do that a ton with video, and now it's different types of stuff, different connections that I try to make with things, and um, different questions that I have that I'm trying to find answers to, but. Yeah, you just get you kind of get lost in stuff. And I've talked to my dad about it. My dad's uh uh in simplest terms, he's a computer guy, he's database engineer, database guru. He's got patents on the wall, things I can't pronounce. Um super super smart guy and I've explained it to him and he, he says he gets the same way where like you just get into a topic, you get into something really really small and it just grows. And like it's like the inch inch wide mile deep type thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that, but like in your head, <laughs> it's like inside yeah. you. Yeah. So do you, do you experience that outside of when you're in that, that present, mo- like that present moment? I mean, I've heard Elon Musk. I don't know if you heard his podcast with Joe Rogan. He was talking about when he gets into that mental state. Um, he actually kind of described it as, is is it a blessing or is it not? Because he's his mind never turns off when he's. I yeah, I can't. I rarely can turn my brain off. Yeah, there's there's only a couple things that'll turn my brain off, and I'm I won't talk about those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no, I just I can't. It's it's always on. It's always going. It's always churning. Um, can't you can't really turn it off. And mm. my at one point, my mom told me. She, that she thought I might have like there's different I, I've never really looked into it too much but like there's there's aspects of ADD that mm-hmm. instead of being distracted you get hyper focused yeah I, I haven't yeah I haven't I haven't 
researched it a lot. The the very brief research I've done into it, where it's like you can flip it from being distracted to being really, really, really hyper focused. And this the things that I've read about that, I'm like, whoa, that's me. But mm. um, I haven't done enough to like speak about that at any depth, other than I read some things that I kind of connected to. Yeah, it's like the intense fixation. Yeah. Ph- phenomenon that comes with ADHD where it's like your brain will get fixated on a certain idea and then it like won't you, you really can't like come off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Studied that a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah, I should look I should look into that some more. It's just it's something that I experienced and I never really thought to look into. I mm-hmm. honestly I I never I I didn't really know that other people didn't do that or didn't like because I I describe that to people and they look at me like I'm a psycho. I'm like, uh, (laughs) that's not normal that you don't do that. And they're like, no. So some people listening will be like, yep, that's completely normal. And other people will be like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, I think I think like when you said that at ABCA, like that's the thing is so much easier to follow. Like I was kind of thinking about that and I was thinking about that conversation as I was creating um, the website and you know obviously once you've made you know made it like let's say if it was to get deleted after I already created it once I kind of have a blueprint I can go back to how I originally thought it was going to look or whatever right but like when you're first coming up and it's like a blank slate and you have nothing and you're creating something like you said that doesn't yet exist um and even then, that's a very simplistic version of what you're talking about. But even then, like, that's what brought me back to that that conversation. It's just like, man, like the first time I did this, this took me like hours. Like I was mm-hmm. sifting through, sifting through what that looks like. You know, I, I deleted things a million times or edited what I thought, my original thought. I'd change what I wrote. Like, you know, once it's, you know, there's something there, there's a template, you know, you could follow that same path, um, you know, really easy. And, you know, it, it kind of brings me back to, I think I've said it on the podcast before the Christopher Columbus uh, story is just like, you know, Christopher Columbus comes across the sea and a guy on his um, that, you know, came over with him on the boat, you know, is kind of calling him out um, for like, you know, like you're basically kind of calling him cocky and all these other things. He's like, just like, listen, like if you wouldn't have came across the sea, somebody else would have done it. Someone else would have figured out how to do it. Um, you know, it, it, I don't understand why, you know, everybody's making such a big deal about, you know, this event. And uh, so he's sitting there, I guess they're sitting around a table and Christopher Columbus has an egg and he's like, okay, I want everybody to try to balance this egg on the table. So all the guys, all the guys in the ship, I'll try to balance the egg. The egg keeps falling over. They can't get it to balance. So then Christopher Columbus grabs it, cracks the bottom of the egg and it balances perfectly on the table. And then the guy, same guy's like, well, yeah, but see, like you knew a trick and you knew how to do it. And, you know, again, just kind of razzing them. And then Christopher Columbus responds and he says, he says, oh, so it's oh so easy once I showed you the way. And like, that is like a main story that makes me think about that all the time. It's just like, yeah, like once you know a way, once I pointed you down the right path, of course, it's a lot easier to catch up. And I've talked to, you know, Bleak about that, but like what he's done for me in that sense is like, yeah, like I've gone some deeper ways and some things that he hasn't gone into. But it's like, at the same time too, he had put me on paths and then I he then just let me eat on that path that he pointed me down and then just let me do what I do once I get on something but also too I always something that's very important to me is again and something that I always respond to um, and try to reciprocate back is just the the amount of effort and the amount of time that was placed in uh, the privilege that was given to me to again like he put me down these paths, but those are things that he struggled with for years and things he didn't figure out and conversations he had. And, you know, to get like, when, once you have clarity, it's oh so easy, you know, but, um, you know, there's a lot of cut and paste and there's a lot of editing. There's a lot of revisions. There's a lot of all of that to get to that final product. And like, that's something that is, um, when you're creating something for the first time, I, I, I also kind of like enjoy that though, that, that process, that refining process, I think is like, the most exciting part though it's like when you see it at the end it's like that's great but it means something different to you than it means to me because i created it you know mm-hmm. like i had to go through that refinement i had i remember what it was i remember you know i knew all the steps you know it's like people if people just read your book right if they just read your book they're not you 
they're your, those are like some of your thoughts and those are like some of the things that you have done, but they're like a watered down version of like what you are. They don't have your mind. So like even if you give somebody like one of your thoughts and they run with it and they go make a product and they make money off of it or whatever, it's just like, that's great. But like at the end of the day, like you're still not me. Like you're still, you don't, you don't have all the context to that. And so there's sometimes I'll see guys like, even with that being said, like there's guys that have mentored from certain guys and you know, it's like, uh, and I, I know both of them. I know their mentor and I know them. And it's like, yeah, like I can see them in you. Um, kind of like, I'm sure when people get like around when they're around me, like, um, even now, you know, like I'm a watered down version of you because I like, I learned things from you and I, I have those things, but also too, I didn't have a lot of the context that you had surrounding that of, you know, the, uh, well, it depends. And, um, in this situation, if I saw it this way, or maybe if I saw this wasn't work, this wasn't working, then I'd come up a whole different way that I didn't yet discover just because I understand all of those other objects, um, and those other, um, variables. And so I think, you know, like, just like you're saying is it's, it's a very interesting, uh, thing to kind of go into, um, and something that I really like have a lot of like joy and like understanding is the context between all of that and the story of how we got to there. Um, cause it, that's, that's where I feel like the real knowledge is. It's not just the end result, like mm-hmm. knowing how you got there is much more important than just like knowing the information, you know, mm-hmm. it's where ownership is. Yeah. And everybody should make it their own. That's, um, I said that, I said that the other day somewhere, I don't even remember where I said it, but I was talking about, um, the uh the swifts at nc state softball they were at Mm -hmm. st francis so they they came down to visit me a couple years ago i was down in florida and they came down and they just hung out and just we had talked before like i had skyped with them before and i said like they i the comment i made was that they made a good job making it their own and i wasn't sure how people would read that and what i meant was that they they were open-minded they took in information they explored other i know they talked to other people and you know did their own homework and learned how to apply it themselves in a way that they believe in like don't just try to copy me don't just try you know like make it yours like i tell hitters this all the time it doesn't matter what i know it only matters if i can transfer that to you in some capacity like it doesn't matter what I know. If mm. if you if you need me to tell it to you, then it's not valuable. Like if yeah. you can't make an adjustment after one pitch, it's not valuable. Yeah. Like they have to. It has to be their information in their heads. Otherwise, what are we like? It's yeah. It's the if it's not theirs, it's not valuable. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough and. Yeah. Uh, at ABCA, I talked to Tucker Frawley. He's coach at Yale, and I've been using this analogy a lot. And I really just think, like, the ability to pay attention and just have awareness. I really think that's a skill, mm-hmm. like a really, really important high-level skill, just to be able to pay attention. And I told Tucker because he's a coach at Yale. It's like not everybody can get into Yale, and. Mm-hmm. Even the people that get into the Yale type school, like the Ivy League schools, even of the of that population, there's like a top one percent of the one percent. Like not everybody yep. can do it. Not everybody can do it. And I just don't think some people just swing a bat because there's a ball there. They they don't. There's nothing deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of layers that you can get into. And some people only go like two layers deep and other people go 30 layers deep. There's a good enough in there somewhere. I don't know where that is. I, I probably varies per player, but you know, good enough lasts until it's not good enough. And then it's, then, it, then it's a matter of passion and how much you care and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a deep layer guy for sure. No, too probably yeah. too far. I'm too do far. You, do you do you use the segment of the time that you're training with to try to get some of your guys to get into that mindset a little bit? Instead of the physical training, it's more of a mental training. Um, 
we we j- Chris just wrote an article about this on Hitting Daily. The it was the article was this it's the the conversations between the swings. Mm-hmm. And how those moments are more important than the swings, yep. like the, the the what we talk about after a swing that could be a ten minute discussion, and everybody every hitter in the whole place will just congregate around Chris, and he's like telling real stories or real information about why the why they should care. Those are my favorite moments by far. You know, just sitting on a bucket flipping or throwing BP for an hour. That stinks. That's not fun. <laughs> when the kid's engaged and you can see him working at it. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And then you can you can ask them really good questions and they have really good answers. And they're not trying to be right. So many kids are just trying to be right. They're trying to answer they're trying to give you the answer that they think you want. And they don't understand it's a dialogue. They yeah. think it's they think it's like a quiz and yeah. not a conversation. Yeah. So when but, you get the kid that you get the kid when you say, Hey, would you feel right there? And they can answer like yeah. with depth. That's fun. You ever have the kids that um they're just like I some some guy will give me a kid will give me an answer and I'm like, Okay, are you saying that or did you feel that? Are you saying what I want to hear? You know, like yeah. are you trying to like, you know, they, did you feel that? Or like I, I, one of my favorite times and one thing I love to see hitters do, um, we do a good amount of live ABs as well, especially this time of the year. And I love to see a guy like I've had conversations with them about, and again, obviously seeing angles and some of the spacing and direction that they're creating, um, and, or maybe how they're creating force and then seeing them and again, having conversations, how as they go up and, uh, pitching gets more challenging that, you know, there's some movements in there that are just not efficient and then like them struggling against a guy and then watching a hitter, um, from that point, like I can see them, like how they go about their work. All of a sudden, all their prep work becomes very important. And all of a sudden they start getting very intentional. Like just like that, when those guys like turn it on, when they realize like there's elite guys, like they want to be elite, you know, and, um, they like take it to another level when they get challenged. Like I see, uh, you know, I had, one guy that was uh, just really, really, really spinny. And we had some conversations, you know, he was popping 104s to left center over and over and over again in front toss, but it's all like just spinning rotational. Like he's creating force, but um, he has no direction. He doesn't have much spacing. He can do it against 20 miles an hour, but he can't. I, um, I knew that, you know, off speed pitches down and away and um, certain pitches were going to give him some trouble. Um, mm-hmm. and so he, we, is we had live ABs and I told the pitcher, he has a pretty good slider. I said, Hey, I want you to throw this guy sliders down and away every single pitch until he makes an adjustment. And, um, he struck out like four times in a row and, uh, you know, they're both, they're both really good. You know, one of the top, you know, hitters, he's going to a big, big time division one, uh, the, the pitcher's probably going to get drafted this year and, you know, top 15 rounds or something like that. And so when, you know, he comes back, it's like, then all of a sudden, you know, us having that conversation afterwards, like, oh, like, okay, like, well, what did you feel? Like, what did you feel like wasn't working? And like actually having those in-depth conversations and like getting his brain to work, you know, after, you know, a lot of times, obviously me included that there's, you know, I need to fail first. I need to touch the hot stove before my mind is even open to other possibilities. And like, those are some of the greatest times that I feel like is I love having those conversations with guys once they failed and like, okay, like, where do we go from here? You're right. Okay. Like didn't work. All right. What's the next plan of attack? What are we, how are we going to change our plan? Like what, if you were going to design your own prep work, if you're going to design your own movement work, if you were going to design your own time, like what would that look like? You know? Mm-hmm. And then those are like, those are the times like you're saying that are much more engaging than, you know, than just doing what I told them to do. You know, yeah, so. that's that stinks. Yeah, you should never give them the answer. You should always talk them through finding their own answer. Socratic method. Yep. Yeah. I was uh, my high school coach told me that I did that when uh, when we started the business. He's like, "Oh, you use the Socratic method well." I was like, "Thanks." Had no idea what it was. <laughs> and went went home and re- went home and looked it up. I was like, "Yeah, I guess I do do that." Just, <laughs> Where you just yeah. force for people that don't know, it's when you ask questions to lead people to an answer yep. instead of just giving it to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. You know, uh, Bobby, obviously we, you've uh, done a lot for me personally. I've been following you. You've been mentoring me from afar for 
years and uh, really appreciate you jumping on with us and spending so much time with us, uh, breaking some of this down and, uh, you know, giving back to the game and letting us pick your brain for a little bit. You got it. I will. I will come back on if you want me to come back on. I was just joking. <laughs> you just got to keep asking me because if you ask me once and it gets pushed down the feed or it gets pushed down the text message list, it's it's never coming back. So <laughs> we'll just keep on texting you until you respond. Yeah, it's not that I don't want to. It's just when it's so especially if I'm like we talked about getting into that that deep mindset. If I'm there, I'm yeah. tough to get a hold of, and I know that, and I got to get better at it, but. Uh, <laughs> I always tell people like, just keep texting me. I won't be offended because I know I'm not, I know I'm not good at responding all the time. So just stay on me. That's fine. No, we really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, yeah. getting on with us. So yeah, thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed the, the conversation and um, I'll keep following you guys. I, I listened to uh, Carlton's interview. He sent it to me. He's like, you gotta listen to this. I was like, all right. <laughs> um, he's a good dude. Yeah. He's, he works at it. Um, but that's the type of stuff I like. If if people are putting good good effort into stuff and they're they're learning and they're trying to grow things and do things that if they're not parrots, if they're not just trying to repeat what other people say, that's mm-hmm. the type of stuff I want to listen to. That's the type of stuff that can create value that's real and not just regurgitated. So, yeah, keep doing your, keep doing your thing, guys. Keep growing this thing. I want to see it. like next. How about this? Get to like twenty k followers. And I'll come back on, and then you'll. <laughs> by then, so, I'll probably so next, I'll, so next week or what? Ooh, we'll just we'll yeah. just we'll just uh, go follow a whole bunch of people and retweet our own things, and I think we could. Uh, we'll start yelling at people, and uh, yeah, yep. we'll just follow it. We got it. We'll get you next week. Well, it's <laughs> you, on air now, you, so we got you. If you do that and you get twenty thousand followers, I will laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see if you can do it now. I'm going to start a separate account. We won't call it the farm system. We'll call it the system farm. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll start that account and see how that thing goes. The system. That's good. At one point, somebody called, it's created a, a Twitter handle and it was Tobby Booksbury. <laughs> and they, they were like chirping me. They were like being really funny. Yeah. And I, I remember being like, look, this is really funny. Don't stop. <laughs> and then they, then they stopped. I'm like, just be consistent. <laughs> just be they were consistent. being so funny. Like they were pulling out all my cliches and like just oh, really. Chir- it was so funny. And then have you seen like, the? Have you seen the Dick Shank one? That one's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I'm over it. You're over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, no, man. The, the 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 ones that are funny are like, what do you like? Open like the refrigerator, and he's like, you see. Yeah. It? <laughs> Yeah, that is, that is pretty funny, actually. Missing frames. <laughs> oh my god, this is funny stuff. All right. Yeah, I just uh, that's like that. Look, there's there's good things to learn there, but a yep. pro, like the with context, so much of it's unnecessary. <laughs> just that's the type of stuff that I've been down that road. I I was a, I was a member on Hitting Illustrated back in like 2009. Like, we like I've been lighting people up. Well, I've been down that road. I like it used to be a really good community. I don't even know what it's like now. I know he's written articles talking trash about me, but um, <laughs> like there's no one way to swing. Yeah. It's just a, f- a fact. It's there's a pattern that's really that's effective, but there's no one way to swing. Yeah. Like style wise. So 100%. don't have time for that kind of stuff. It's just. <laughs> it's unnecessary and the uh there's a there's a quote it's like uh don't don't like if you want to have the if you what is it if you want to have the biggest building build it don't tear the other ones down something to the effect of that Hmm. like just like just if you're gonna be the best be the best just go out and do it Mm -hmm. don't waste your time doing other stuff because if you're doing other stuff like you're wasting your time so like just go be awesome that's that we talked about that earlier. Like, just go be awesome and people will pay attention to you. You don't need to do all this other stuff for attention. Just go be awesome. Yeah. And if you're if you're awesome, it'll play. Yep. Just do it. That's a whole other, that's that's maybe that's podcast number two. But all right. I gotta go to bed. Yep. I gotta yep. go to bed and start well, tomorrow. It's been gold. It's been gold. We're in uh flow state. It was good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> good. Well, thanks again for having me, guys. 
and uh, good luck editing this. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, Bobby. You got it. Man, so awesome to wrap up this three-part series. This call takeaway is brought to you by Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports is the alpha when it comes to arm care and training essentials. Silverback's training products are constructed from premium materials and are designed to be durable and dependable to withstand the toughest and most rigorous throwing or training programs. Visit ShopSilverback.com to see their entire line of high-quality products at very affordable prices. Also, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to stay up to date at ShopSilverback. That's at ShopSilverback. So, Joy, what was your biggest call takeaway from our last segment with Bobby? Um, I think our biggest thing, and again, obviously knowing a lot of details and like, you know, having him expand on um, what it's like to be around someone like that in a game and especially in the game. I mean, this is the thing about tech. I mean, obviously anybody that is trying to get ahead and let's say, you know, anybody that's trying to beat the system, you know, there's always going to be people beating the system and the system's always going to be catching up. And I think one way that the system tries to counter that is by maybe uh, jumping to all on board with technology or all on board on testing that isn't really um, fully tested, right? And you can do that. And the reason that I feel like that people have to do that is when you think of systems like that, to keep up with, you basically keep up with the Joneses in the sense of the people that are trying to beat your system. You know, there's a lot of athletes, uh, not again, calling anybody out in particular, but obviously if there's going to be athletes that are trying to use some of these substances, um, they're not going to fully, you know, they don't need something that's fully backed by research and all this other stuff. Like if there's an edge, athletes are always looking for an edge. Um, you know, and I think the game is, uh, cleaned up quite a bit, you know, obviously over the years, but there's always going to be those, um, athletes that are trying to find that edge and whatever supplement, whatever that may be. Um, you know, again, obviously you hear like back in the day, like, you know, what some of these athletes were taking before, obviously there was any testing and some of the things that they were doing before, uh, games, you know, back in the, you know, thirties and forties and, you know, what those guys were doing back then just to make sure that they were able to play in every single game. So I think it's, even though we kind of want to deny that, that is part of like the culture of just being an athlete and what, um, you know, the athletes mind are so competitive. They're trying to find an edge. They're always trying to look for an edge. And I think on, unfortunately on the opposite side is when you have systems and especially too, that they obviously have to, um, come down with some strict, uh, stipulations of what happens when those those rules are broken. I think it kind of puts somebody, some of these people, on, on some of the, the you know short end of the stick. If that makes sense, Bo. So I think my my you know my best thing there that I'd say call takeaway wise is just you know I think we just need to continue to be mindful and you know revisit these things. Um, try to make you know obviously you're you're never gonna again if somebody like that is you know, I take Bobby's word for it there too, um, is wrongly accused and wrongly convicted and wrongly charged of something like that. It's a, it's a really tough situation. And even if, you know, there's no, there's no way, it's just like if somebody spent like 10 years in prison or something like that, like there's no way to give that back, you know, in any way you can give it back in compensations and all that stuff, but it's not the same. Um, especially someone, you know, obviously knowing his story of everything he gave up to get to that point. Um, but it's just, it's just very interesting and something for us to be mindful about as we continue to go forward and not just come in with our, you know, prejudiced thoughts of what we think and like condemning somebody. But, uh, that was my call takeaway, Bo. Sorry for the, the long uh, ramble there, but, um, well, how about you? No, that's definitely a good one. I know that's important to Bobby and unfortunately that's something that's relevant and sometimes seen in today's game and, and really throughout the history of baseball. But, um, biggest thing I took away from our call was, uh, when he touched on how there isn't one way to swing, um, mm -hmm. coming from a guy that's seen a lot of video, you know, there are a lot of movements and patterns um, that are seen to be consistent in high level movers, but each individual is different and how they interpret their movements is what ultimately allows them to be great or not. So I think it's important that we take that time to communicate, like Bobby mentioned, uh, communicate with our athletes, help them self-discover what allows them to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add to that point, I mean, there's obviously... Um, basically what they would call those is when you see certain things that are in every single swing, especially at like high level, um, athletes, um, we refer to those as, a, as attractors, right. And then, um, those would be attractors. And then anything that is more like style or not necessarily like a must, um, or absolutes, uh, we call those fluctuators. 
Um, and again, that's just kind of scientific terms. So you guys can go say that at your next, uh, you know, family barbecue and sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, uh, you know, just like, you know, Bobby talked about at the very beginning, kind of opened the door for us. You guys, go visit our website. We got a whole bunch of uh, things on there for you when it comes to resources. We're adding things on a continuous basis. Um, and guys, we also need your guys' help with that as well. We want to continue to contribute and, and putting a whole bunch of things uh out there for not only our listeners, but anybody that's interested in the game of uh, baseball um, and when it comes to player development as well. So we need you guys. We need you guys to talk to people that you know. We need you guys uh, to to contribute in different ways to help other people. Um, again, we can't, we, to this point, we've never done anything by ourselves. Uh, we've used, we use your guys' helps and, you know, guys all over the game when it comes to player development that has helped us help you guys. So let's just continue to pass that on um, and continue to help us help you. And, you know, uh, again, always on the shop, if you guys want to, you know, look at some of our uh, gear, order some of our gear so you guys can be part of the team um, and look like you're part of the team. We love to have you guys on there and uh, get that stuff ordered. And, you know, but from us and our partners over at Yakertech, until next time, Farm System out. Ah.